Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Now, Jamie, uh, as we this week yes. uh, talk about Alice through the looking glass, yes. I've thought about the phrase, uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, all right? Yes. I might criticize Disney for inventing a sequel to a product that didn't need a sequel, and yet here we stand, halfway <laughs> stash away. And some might tell us not to throw stones at the House of Mouse, but Jamie, I don't like that. So instead I came up with a game in which I'm going to uh, tell you uh, about Disney making uh, sequels or reboots uh, to movies that I feel don't necessarily need sequels or reboots. Okay. And there's going to be one fake one in there, okay? Okay. All right. I need you to figure out which one is the fake one. So, oh, that, uh, yeah, you've done some research. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, no, I have Go done some it. research. Jamie, like last week, we're recording <laughs> later in the day and you're getting some prime A Gillespie, okay? Not some <laughs> you're that not sh- getting prime Jamie. Jamie has been on a train for six hours and ate too much chicken before we started recording. <laughs> so, of course, first on our Disney list uh, of is this yep. real or is this fake? And actually, if you want, you get a bonus point if you tell me immediately afterwards uh, whether it's you know real or fake, Okay. But okay. we come first of all uh, into our real or fake Disney list uh, with Lightyear, which is a movie uh, about, well, you might think it's about Buzz Lightyear. In fact, it's not actually okay. about Buzz Lightyear. It's about the man who inspired the character of Buzz Lightyear in universe, starring Chris Evans and directed by the guy who directed Toy Story of Terror. Now, do you think this is real or fake? You can, of course, save this for later. If you want to get half points, you get double points if you tell me right now. Okay, um, I I just need clarification because, like, what do you mean by the person who inspired Buzz Lightyear in universe? So, in the Toy Story universe, someone yep. inspired the, them to make the Buzz Lightyear toys. The film is called oh, okay. Lightyear. Actually, Chris I, Evans is playing yeah. this guy. Yeah, I believe this is real. I think I've heard of this. Yes, this is in fact real, Jamie. Rather than making okay, a movie so... just about Buzz Lightyear in his own internal fictional universe, they're doing one about some guy who inspired Buzz Lightyear. Always great. <laughs> we then okay. go, of course, to... Uh, you know, you, you, did you see the, the new Lion King film? No, I did not. Uh, well, Jamie, it, you know, it starred such wonders as Donald Glover uh, as Simba. Uh, which was yep. great when he was fun because for a second again it sounded like Donald Glover was having fun in the world uh, which you, you gotta love <laughs> it had Beyonce who's great at singing and not very good at but like that's oh, maybe overly harsh but you know she didn't seem like she was oh, having how dare you school. disparage her and her starring role in the third Austin Powers movie Gold Member she was phenomenal in that what are you talking about Alexander uh, look, Beyonce, I, I don't know why Beyonce is, like, does any acting. She doesn't need it for the money, right? Like, I, I assume Disney will, like, will give you a load of stock. There's this, I was reading a book recently on Uber where um, she performed at an Uber gig uh, and got paid, I think it was, like, $10 million in Uber stock, 
which is such a fucking baller move, all right? I want to get paid in stock. That's how I'm going to do stuff from now on. But instead, this is going to be a Lion King sequel, and it's going to be directed by the director of Moonlight. Is this real or is this fake? I'm I'm gonna I'm I don't think it's real, but I'll wait until I hear the other ones because you said there's only one fake one, and well, to be honest, it'd be a bit <laughs> bit of a da- Debbie Downer if I got the fake one immediately. So carry on, but I think I have my front runner thus okay, far. Okay, Indiana Jones Five, starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge, directed real. I don't by care. Whatever it is, yes, of course. Yes, of course, they're making another Indiana Jones movie. I don't. I have no clue what the rest of what you said. I'm sticking with yes. Okay, and then finally we move on to uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by Damien Chazelle, of course, the director of La La Land. Uh, You said there's only one fake one? Mm. Okay, so it's either that one or... Or what was the other one? The Lion King thing? The Lion King sequel. It's more like a prequel. It's about like a young Mufasa and a young Scar. Okay, I think... The Godfather 2, but The Lion King... I think I think the last one you said is the fake one. I think the Night Before Christmas directed by Damien Chazelle. I Holy think that's fake. shit, Jamie, you got it in one. That is correct. Yeah, the, let's go, baby. The Lion King's prequel that we neither needed nor wanted is in fact <laughs> real, directed by the award-winning director of Moonlight. I don't know why the fuck this is the case, <laughs> but it is happening because Disney money, baby. Let and if we all know said. if Disney came and knocking for us, we would be taking that money. Let it never be said that uh, Disney is creatively bankrupt. All right, they got this deep. <laughs> well of characters from the 90s and they are going to milk this baby dry I guarantee there will be a live action nightmare before Christmas before long and if Damien Chazelle isn't directing it I will also be surprised (laughs) well speaking of milking it for far too long let's carry on with this podcast so hello and welcome to Blank Blank season 2 the Hathaway Stash Away I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie say hello Al hello Al Alexander I um I, I don't feel good. That's all. I'm just putting this up there up top. I uh, I have been on a train all day today. I, I rushed home uh, because we moved up the uh, the record time by, by half an hour. So I uh, very quickly scarfed down far too much chicken. Um, and, and I feel awful. I feel absolutely horrible. This You might have to carry towards the end of this podcast. I might just need to tap out. Let you take the last 20 <laughs> minutes on your own. Because I don't know how long I'm going to last. What I appreciate, Jamie, is that you took the uh, objectively too much chicken. Uh, it's not even a challenge, right? It's a way of life. Uh, for those yeah. who don't know, Jamie has this thing that normally when he goes to hang out with someone and the question of what should we eat, the question the answer <laughs> normally is objectively too much chicken and you go and you order what is too much chicken on the menu, all right? It's something that I might yeah. try and replicate this weekend with Ben in your memory, of course, not that you're dead. Thank you. Not that you're dead. <laughs> Real important. If you do die in the meantime, that'll be a really sad chicken to eat. But Jamie, you did it by yourself. <laughs> That's a mistake. Yeah. You took the objectively yeah. too yeah, much no, chicken. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. took it alone. And and it, and what makes it even worse is I, I'd had it all planned out. I got a meal deal uh, for my for my journey. Yeah. Had it in the fridge. Had a bottle of Coke. Thought you know if I'm flagging that will get me through. Uh, and I was with uh, my girlfriend's family, and they were like, no, 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 we have to feed you before you leave. And so they gave me soup and bread, and I was like, oh fuck. Now you know when I come to have the Coke, it's not going to be cold anymore. That's not going to be as satisfying. The sandwich is going to be like lukewarm. That's not great. So I got on the train mere minutes after having already had lunch and i don't know what it is about a train uh but within 15 minutes you're hungry Mm. it doesn't matter how recently you ate 
but you want to eat food. It's sure. not necessarily hunger, but you want to consume all of the food that you have. So I did that. I essentially had two lunches within 20 minutes of each other, and then six hours later got back and was like, I'm not that hungry, but it's a Sunday, Sainsbury's is closed. Guess I'm having too much fucking chicken. Now, I could have just had a reasonable amount of chicken, Alexander. I could have just accepted my losses and just gotten a small, regular amount of chicken. But I'm not that guy, Alexander. I know that about myself. I have to accept that about myself. And I got too much chicken and I feel like shit. I love the idea that one day you might move out of London. I don't know why. I, London has been nuclear <laughs> apocalypse. That. You know, the, the entire thing has been destroyed and, you know, you leave. Or maybe you've gone into exile. I don't know what you've done to insult London that much, but you've gone into exile from London. Uh, and uh, surely by the lack of chicken shops, uh, you just become ripped as shit. All right? Like, that's what's <laughs> holding you back is just the existence of chicken shops and the number that London has. I'm so. What you're saying is this basically like the Andy Dwyer thing in Parks and Rec, where he's speaking, and it's obviously after he's got ripped for Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, Adam Scott is like, "How did you lose all that weight?" And he's like, "Oh, I just stopped drinking beer." And he's like, "You just stopped drinking beer and lost how much beer were you drinking?" Except for me, it's just chicken. I just come back and I was like, oh, "I just stopped eating fried chicken and I lost forty <laughs> fucking pounds." <laughs> that is the dream. I also like the uh, the real life version of that, which is, of course, uh, Ed Sheeran between albums losing a lot of weight and people being like, Ed, how did you lose all this weight? And he was like, I went from beer to vodka, which is not a good sign. All right. That is a, you know, it's good that you're drinking no, that, less beer, but ooh, swapping it for the vodka is a. That is the rich white woman diet. Just clear alcohols and nothing else. And, but obviously not no alcohols because what else are you going to do with your uh, Jamie, let me um, tell you about a little magical <laughs> land called Canada where there are other legal substances which help you avoid your problems. All right. Oh, Alexander, I'm, I'm a, afraid i have to stop you there because there is a timer going off you may be able to hear yes uh and and this is because this is a special episode alexander uh i said i was feeling a little bit like shit and of course that was mostly due to uh the the too much chicken that i consumed uh, but it was also because uh, i developed a cough uh earlier today mm-hmm. uh and you know i i've been up on holiday in in dundee with my girlfriend so you know i've been reveling i I smoked marijuana for the first time in like eight years so it's very possible that i just have a cough because i just treated my body like shit for like four days however you know i thought i'd do the responsible thing and take a lateral flow test Mm -hmm. now i took that just before we were due to start recording and i was hoping you know we'd start recording quite quickly and then it would come up like 20 minutes into the show uh but no uh, you were late and then we had a lovely conversation up top then we had tech issues so it's coming up at 10 minutes in and that is a timer for me to check my lateral flow test now live on air jamie, alexander jamie, before, are you excited before you check it or before you tell me the yep. answers i've got some important questions to ask okay uh one uh thank you for being the first person on the show to admit to a crime on the show uh well done <laughs> uh, i know i've said it but jamie as a cool kid all right i moved to a country where it's legal very cool uh, so of course everyone this is a comedy podcast Jamie was joking he was smoking a cigarette for the first time in 8 years always cool Yeah. Uh, thing number 2 uh, of course uh, Jamie uh, you went to Dundee you say which uh, for a time last time I checked was the COVID capital of Europe had the <laughs> highest rated COVID in Europe so I really hope you don't get diagnosed with COVID in literally 2 seconds I mean 
I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, I am double vaxxed. I have had COVID before. Didn't know I'd had COVID. But when I got vaxxed, I had an antibody test and they just told me I'd had COVID at some point. Didn't know that. So that's fun. So the only good thing about this is if it is positive, I will now have four layers of protection. So Alexander, I have hidden it. I have hidden the the lateral flow test behind my screen so that I cannot see the result in case I wanted to peek early. Uh, Alexander, are you ready to find out live on air whether I have COVID? This is genuinely more stressful to me than if someone was, than if Alyssa took a pregnancy test and we had to wait to find out the result. All right. Fuck. Jesus Christ. No, I'm fucking with you. No, no, I'm absolutely fine. Of course I am. Fuck's up thing to do. Five seconds after saying I've had COVID before, which stopped my little heart, you going, oh shit, I'm now double COVID, would be packed. Uh, no, my lateral flow test is negative. Uh, I have just treated my body like shit for four days. And so it's go- it's going, <coughs> please, can I have some water? Um, so if you do hear me coughing, uh, don't worry. I am clinically proven now uh, to not have COVID-19 again. For now, all right. You can still catch for it now. again. I could still catch it again. Um, I should also... Pro- Ed- Alexander, you take us away in- to transition to the next part of the show. I should probably message my girlfriend to let her know that I don't have COVID. Jamie, I know she can find stressed. out in two days when she listens to this podcast, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... I- Look, Alexander, I'm happy to go to you and say fuck and pretend I have COVID. I am not putting my girlfriend <laughs> through that. So uh, I will be messaging her. Uh, Alexander, take us away with the next part of the show. I know it's actually uh, my time for show context but you know introduce show context sure of course uh, this week uh, as mentioned up top uh, top what what accent was that I don't know I've (laughs) lived in Canada too long oh my god Uh, (laughs) so of course uh, we're talking this week about Alice Through the Looking Glass and you might think to yourself oh is this based on the Lewis Carroll novel Through the Looking Glass which is a sequel to Alice in Wonderland of which the first film was in part based on Uh, you know there there are definitely elements of Through the Looking Glass in Alice in Wonderland the uh 2013, 12, uh, 2010. 2010. Six uh, years between these films. They weren't exactly capitalizing on their um, on their big cash cow. No, obviously the previous one made a billion dollars, uh, and so you can yes. understand why after a billion dollar movie you might go, let's make another one. Normally you'd make it in I don't know four years rather than what was this like. Six. Six years. 2010 to 2016. Uh, thank you for muddling through that, Alexander. Uh, I, I can take over now. My uh, girlfriend safely knows that I do not have COVID. Um, so, yes, the original film, 2010, uh, directed uh, by uh, Tim Burton, of course. This 2016 sequel that no one wanted uh, is not directed by Tim Burton. And for the life of me, I could not find out why. Couldn't find out anywhere about why uh, Burton didn't uh, return to direct this. But it is directed by James Bobin, Bobin, something like that, uh, who uh, was most well known for having directed uh, the two uh, most recent Muppets films, uh, The Muppets in 2011 and The Muppets Most Wanted in 2014, uh, and also for being the, a director and writer on Da Ali G Show. Now, if you thought that might uh, take, you know, some lightheartedness into this movie that some might argue was quite missing from the first movie where they tried to take uh, what is a silly nonsensical novel uh, Alice in Wonderland and uh, kind of just make it into a fantasy action movie a la the Narnia films Uh, no he does not bring any of that uh, light touch to this Uh, he is just desperately trying to recreate uh, Tim Burton's uh, visual style yes we're going to talk about this at the end I gently disagree 
Alright? I got a lot of feelings about this film, but on that, I gently disagree with you. Gently. I okay, gently. I, we, I, we I can discuss true. that after uh, we've gone Jamie, today. I want you to know, uh, you I've, were, I've, yep. uh, just as you interrupted the show to talk about uh, your COVID test, I just want to interrupt the show yep. to tell you that I have also told Alyssa that you don't have COVID, okay? So the okay, words good. around good all know. the people who matter, who <laughs> matter that you don't have COVID. Yes, it is. Uh, of course, if I did have COVID, it would be of dire danger to Alyssa, who lives half the way across the world from me. Um, so you were sort of referencing uh, that, yeah, the original film uh, does take quite a lot from both uh, Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. So they were sort of light on uh, on original um, or uh, the plot points from the original texts. But Jamie, um, but Jamie, yep. there's a really simple solution to this problem. All right. Yes. They set out the la- end the last one. Alice is going to China. All right. In the sequel, yep. in the sequel, let's go boss it. All right, let's go yes. boss the shit yes. out of Alice in Wonderland. All right, <laughs> Alexander, we, we are, me, we are in show context. We know a lot about feminism. All right, and we're gonna fucking girl boss the shit out of Alice in Wonderland. In the first one, there was a criticism that she just, you know, she kind of went through the plot and did nothing to really impact it to the very end. This time, we've, we've, we did Beauty and the Beast before this. We're going to fucking girl boss this shit. Alexander, you could have just waited until we were talking about the plot to talk about that. Because I feel like we're going to talk about it a lot. We're in the middle of show context. What show context is that, Alexander? There's no context about the show that is the actual plot of the movie. Wait your turn. Stay in your lane, as the kids say, or whatever they say. Um, We have uh, the same returning cast. So Johnny Depp uh, plays the Mad Hatter. Anne Hathaway plays uh, the White Queen. Uh, Mia Wazakowska returns as Alice. You have Matt Lucas, Reese Efans, uh, Helena Bottom Carter as the Red Queen, uh, along with Stephen Fry, Michael Sheen, lots of people. And adding into this uh, bonkers cast, uh, we have Sasha Baron Cohen playing uh, the concept of time itself. Uh, now, Alexander, did you know that this film has the dubious honor uh, of being the last film released by two people? Two people died before this movie came out. Uh, one is Alan Do you Rickman. know who they are? One is Alan one Rickman. One is Alan Rickman. He gets a dedication at the end of the movie. Uh, the other person also died before this movie came out, but did not get an, a dedication at the end of the movie, which I found a little bit mean. I'm trying to think of the how big they are on this, because Reese Evans is still alive. Johnny Depp's career died, but that doesn't count yep. as a death. Uh, who is it? Who's the who's the uh, second? We're, we're talking. I'll, I'll I'll lean you towards it. It's sort of British icon of soap eras. Of soap TV shows, whatever you know what I mean. Absolute soap icon. Yeah, yeah, you've got the you've got the right theme song. Um, so that's of course EastEnders, or is it Coronation yep. Street? I don't know. Jamie, I'm I, I'm gonna throw it out there. I've never watched soaps. This like the coast- okay, good, good. I I did also realize it's a little bit morbid for you to guess at dead people. Yes. So uh, it's Barbara Windsor. Barbara uh, Windsor. Wait, who the fuck's uh, Barbara Windsor in this movie? Uh, Barbara Windsor in this movie is. Give me a second. She's uh, Mal, Ma, Ma, Malik. Mali G. She's the mouse. Mali Malik Malik Malimkun Malimkun. It's M A L L Y M K U N. The Dormouse. She's the mouse uh, in this movie. Um, it, she was also in the first one as well. I've got to ask because I swear to God, yep. in this the version I listened to, it was a boy mouse. This is the mouse with a sword, right? Uh, no, I believe it's the, 
I don't know. Jamie, I'm, uh, I'm wondering if it's one of those weird things where they like. I think it's the mouse that is at the tea party. I believe yes, it is the mouse. I that think that's a... not a boy. Like, I don't think that's Barbara wins the version I heard. One second. Unless she also oh. created boy mask voices. Um. I mean, let's have a look at the IMDb for this. According to Wikipedia, uh, she, I, in fact, it's not even according. I know she is. She was in my version. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure it's a boy say, mouse in the version I Is there another version of this person? Uh, of door, 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 door mouse. What the fuck is that not okay, coming? Okay, my mouse. not working. So Why I is mouse not coming up? On you. I, I... Mouse. Okay, what if I search its name? Ma- ma- Mali- Malimkun. Malimkun. Fuck. That's the sound this is of the drama wor- this might be itself, guys. Yeah, this might be the worst uh, three minutes on the podcast I've ever seen. Mm. Um, I do not see another person credited as uh, Mal- Malikman um, in, in this. Okay, well, in it, which case, it, I apologize it, to everyone for criticizing Jamie's ability to Google things correctly. I, I you know, <laughs> that's on me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, from that diversion. Uh, so, yeah, uh, all star cast returning, uh, adding in uh, Reese uh, Ifans and Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, but it does not do uh, as well. On a budget of $170 million, it makes back uh, just under $300 million, which when you factor in marketing, uh, it's apparently lost around about $90 million, probably due to the fact that this uh, was released six years after a film that, while commercially did very well, uh, was not particularly critically revered, and probably commercially did very well mostly due to Avatar coming out around about six months earlier and there being a big, big boom for uh, 3D movies. Yeah. which had sort of waned by 2016. Oh, yeah. I mean, even today, right? Like, there are still films which are released in 3D. Definitely, if you go to, like... Mm-hmm. Like, I know if you go to IMAX cinemas, they quite often still do IMAX 3D. Like, there's still the 40X ones sometimes which are in 3D. But, um... Uh, actually, that's a lie. 40X wouldn't be in 3D because that would make you sick. But, uh... No, they, like, you still get it occasionally, but it's a lot less and less. There's just this era where everything was in 3D. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I find interesting. Uh, what so, I will yeah. say, though, Jamie, do you yeah. think it could possibly be because a bunch of people went to watch the first one uh, because it was in 3D and then they all hated it and didn't go to see the sequel? Yes, yes, that is that is very, very possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is absolutely possible for a film uh, that earns lots and lots of money to still not be liked by the majority yeah. of people who saw it. Um, I also um, wanna... And, of course, it, we should factor in that while it made lots and lots of money, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that lots and lots of people saw it because it was a film that was so widely distributed yeah. in 3D where its tickets are more expensive. Yeah. Uh, so while it is $1 billion, that $1 billion is perhaps less $1 billion mm-hmm. than, say, A Dark Knight, which had less 3D yeah. tickets sold. 100%. Also think about, whenever you think about this, like a lot of the Marvel movies will fit into that same category of, uh, yeah. they, especially the earlier, something like Avengers, for instance, was in 3D. I, I can't remember if we saw like Endgame in 3D, but might have done. Um, that's why I don't think we did. That's why, if you think about it, the like depressingly, the still the most seen movie of all time is st- at cinemas is still Gone with the Wind, because one yeah. tickets were a shit ton cheaper, and then even then adjusted for inflation, it's uh, insane. But um, and and also it got re-released and re-released oh, and decades. re-released and re-released. Yeah. Just to throw out the uh, second thing, though, you mentioned how it didn't make money uh, despite making more than its uh, budget. The general rule of thumb for is this movie a flop or not is that the movie will spend its budget again on marketing. So whatever you spend on the budget, uh, it tends to you need so you tend to need to make twice the amount. Uh, to at least break even, if not, it is seen as a commercial flop, despite making more than its uh, budget back. 
Um, yes, and not to distract us too much, but did you see uh, Matt Damon on um, Hot, Ones. Uh, Hot Ones recently talking about how um, movies are really struggling to make a lot of their money back because a lot of people don't consider uh, that idea, as you say, of having to double it again for marketing. Uh, but back in the day, back in the early 2000s to mid 2000s, uh, when DVD sales were really skyrocketing, you didn't have to make all of that money on box office. You could then uh, continue to reap uh, money through DVD sales, uh, director's cuts, box uh, box sets, etc. Uh, but now that that is becoming less and less and things are moving to streaming, which is less lucrative uh, than, than DVD sales, uh, it's becoming a lot more difficult to greenlight some of those more risky, low-budget, uh, you know, 50 million to 100 million dollar films uh, because there's just no guarantee that in the cinema alone you're going to make that money back. I, mean, I think the depressing thing, right, is like even the even kind of movies which are like 20, 30 minutes. Like the, what I find very interesting now about these films is you'll see um, a couple of them like, uh, for example, something like, oh Christ, what was it? The Ryan Reynolds one by Michael Bay, which was like Team Six, you know, zero six thirty, whatever it was. Um, it wasn't zero six thirty, but it was like oh, Underground Six or something like that. Um, and yeah. then they'll have these budgets which are like 150, 200 million. And the, you know, that seems like a lot of money, especially when a lot of that money doesn't seem to be on screen. And the kind of question of why is it that expensive is because when you're on, uh, at the moment, at least the current, uh, I believe at least the kind of current guild rules, guild rules for it, is that you don't receive the same amount of residuals. So what happens is that actors yeah. have to get bought up front, right? So rather than having... Um, you know, rather than Matt Damon getting paid maybe three million and then getting points in the back end for a movie which comes out and then also gets DVD sales and all that kind of crap, instead it's Matt Damon needs to get paid up front. He's not going to make any money in the back end, so you've got to pay Matt Damon whatever the equivalent would have been now, right? Which is uh, part of the reason why, um, part of the current issue with the whole uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for putting the movie yes. onto. Uh, Disney Plus uh, and it, yes, and they're maintaining that that's yeah, no, that's the... not the same. Yeah, that's not that people. Even though people are paying for it directly on Disney Plus, uh, that is not the same as what it says in her contract yeah. of getting part. I mean, of the it, it's sales. let's be honest, it's not. If you think about a film like Briar and the Last Dragon*, right, which if you had released in cinemas would have probably made a couple hundred million. You know, it would have made its money back. And I'm sure. It, I'm sure it yeah. made some amount of money clearly it wouldn't make but it did not make any culture one it didn't make any cultural impact and two the majority of people i know are like well why would i pay like 40 like i think it's like 39 dollars whatever it is in canada now rather than wait six months and i get it for free like oh yeah absolutely well, at least in cinemas it's an event you go out whereas at home it's like do i want to pay 30 bucks anyway jamie i need to talk about yeah. the girl bossing we, we, we have had far let too me talk much about talk the girl bossing jamie i cannot let you talk about the girl bossing yet because that is not the structure of this show alexander but once we are done with uh show context we must of course do our six degrees of separation back to our erstwhile season one star thomas jeffrey hanks and alexander i can do this in one step I can also i've done it before do some one Yes, you you do it. We've done uh, it before, ladies and gentlemen, throw your mind back to earlier in the pandemic when a little movie comes out. Uh, you might, in fact, have not even known this. You, maybe you just listened to a sweet, sweet episode of ours where we talked about a little movie called Borat 2. That's right. Tom Hanks appeared in Borat 2 alongside Sasha Baron Cohen. And as such, you can do this movie in one. 
very well done. So let's talk about this movie. Um, Girlboss. So Girl I mean, boss. I, it is Girlboss. We need to sort of very briefly establish how the last movie ended other people who either don't remember or didn't listen to that episode or whatever um go back and listen to that episode if you haven't you've spent 28 minutes on this episode already why not spend two hours more um uh but yeah so at the end of that movie uh the whole idea is that she pitches to her dad that they're going to be colonialists and they're going to travel out to china uh and essentially start the opium wars um but that is therefore where we start this movie. She is whoa, whoa, now. Jamie, Jamie, the Jamie. Cap- do yes. you know oh how this God. section begins? All right? This film begins. Yes. As all good films should. God <laughs> Ow, damn it. You, say you that, sit there and you talk about you structure. You say that like you, you don't sit there forget in your to throne of lies and you talk about structure and then you steal away the one good thing I have. All right? This film begins as all good films should with a white lady in like 18, 1900s. Britain going across in a ship and colonizing China and girl bossing colonialism. All right, she's the only yellow-haired person this these people have seen apparently, which you know I guess tracks, but is a really weird thing to put in a movie made in the year 2016. Bizarre. Yes, uh, and bizarre. so yeah, she's the captain of this ship clearly, and they're escaping some other ships for some reason, probably because they're pirates. committing war crimes. They're I don't pirates, know. Pirates, Jamie. Oh, they're pirates. I want to okay. throw it out there is you stealing stuff from local people and fleeing and they're trying to steal it back. Does that really make them pirates? I don't know. Maybe they got it legally. Maybe they just traded for it and they weren't just like pillaging the land. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But yeah, so basically they're heading towards some rocks. There's a gap between a rock. I can't say I fully understand the manoeuvre that's about to happen, but essentially she maintains they have to let open the sails. Yeah. And they're like, no, that'll tip us over to the side. And she's like, do it. I know what I'm doing. I'm a girl boss. Um, and so they let open the sails, uh, but one of them doesn't open properly. So she has to climb up and slam it down and it opens the thing side. It, it makes the, the boat go sideways and that makes it fit through the rocks. I, I guess, Jamie, I think the idea is that it's very shallow there. So I spent many years, boat, I, yeah, yeah, I spent many years sailing. What I think she's doing, I think the idea is that the hull of the boat is too wide yeah. and it's a thin, narrow passage. So if they angle it, so let's just say the rocks are closer on one side. If they angle it high enough, there is it will make the actual bit of the boat going through the water narrow enough that they can get in between there. Sure. Sure. I also want to I'll throw out. You. I want to throw out. All right. I ha- there is not a problem with girls being bosses. All right. We like women <laughs> who are in charge. That's absolutely fine. Not a problem. We are mocking the uh, commonly mocked concept of like girl bossing in movies, which is to say that. Um, the only way to make uh, like a woman character empowered is to like specifically put it in a business context, and that is very much yes. what is happening here. She's in charge um, of this big and, old and, boat. and also it gets worse, so that's also why we're doing yeah, it, and I will explain so why it gets worse. Um, they arrive back home. Uh, London, baby. We, we, can, we can essentially get through the next few bits where she ends up in Wonderland again. But the long and short of it is her mum uh, is thinking about selling the boat. I sold um, the boat. She sold the house. She sold... Oh, she sold, she, she sold the house previously. You are correct. She, so what she's done um, is and, she has... She, yep. the, Alice had some shares. So, oh, Alice went on this trip where, if, if you remember in the last movie, a guy proposed to her and she was going to accept it. And then she goes to one land, she comes back and she's like, fuck you, I'm a girl boss now. Fair enough, all right? Empowered. I like it. 
And then the dad of that guy is like, I like your spunk, alright? Let's give you let's get you on your dad's boat, you go to China. And in the process, he gave a ten percent stake in this company. Yeah. She comes back and she's like, Well, I still own ten percent of this, but her mum sold the ten percent stake and has also sold the house. Now it's never explained why she needs this much money, but okay, she really needs it. Cool, fine. Uh uh, and and I believe now, uh, so her ex-fiance is now like, uh, also we're stripping you of being a captain because women no be captain. That would be silly. Ha 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 We are evil because we're sexist, not because we're colonialists. <laughs> and you are good because you are a woman. You hey, are not hey, bad Alice, because Alice you are respects, a colonial. Alice respects the people she met, all right? She's wearing the clothes she met. She wore to meet the Dowager Empress. Uh, she comes in. She's wearing a lot of... Uh, she's wearing non-traditional British garb. Uh, and everyone's like, ooh, this is weird. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what this fits into, but sure, okay, it's kind of weird that they've just put Alice in this outfit, but not, not like, yes. okay, whatever. <laughs> But, yeah, so the the ex, the ex fiance is basically like, look, you give us the ship back, you are no longer a captain, yeah. and we'll let your mum have your family home back. Isn't that kind of uh, us? <laughs> also, you'll become uh, a clerk. Sexism right? is a bad thing. You like yes. Kevin yeah, Smith that's that's what women do. All right, you're going to trade yeah. DVDs behind the counter in ye old Victorian England. What a great time. Um, and so uh, Alice, Alice is very upset. She runs away. She finds a butterfly that reminds her of the caterpillar. That leads her to uh, a mirror. She goes through the mirror, and hey, we are through the looking glass. She is back in Wonderland. All the crew is there. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, the mouse, Ali- Anne Hathaway, etc. And all them are saying, look, the Mad Hatter, he's really sad because... This is yet another movie uh, that had Johnny Depp as a supporting-ish role in the first movie. And then they were like, what if we made another one that is inexorably linked with the audience's apparent love of Jonathan Depp? That is all we are going to wager the emotional stakes on, is that you feel sad about Jonathan Depp. All right, two things. One... Have yes. you seen the poster for this thing? Because it's absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> because the poster uh, yes. for Alice Through the Looking Glass has Johnny Depp in the middle and Alice is vaguely off to the side, like, at an yes. angle. And that is utter bullshit when Johnny Depp is maybe yes. in 30 minutes and there's two and a half, like, yes. two hours. Yes, he is, he is barely in this movie. But the, 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 the entire the setup is... The narrative is based on look, him, right? The, the narrative is like, based around you What you apparently care about the Mad Hatter. You don't want him no to No one does. But um, yeah, he's he's really sad and he's dying uh, because basically he's found a hat that he made as a kid yeah. that he gave to his dad. And he now therefore believes that his parents are actually alive um, because he's sad about that. no one believes him. And and he's convinced that actually this can't be the real Alice because Alice doesn't believe him either. Also, Alexander... Did Jonathan Depp have a lisp in the first movie? <laughs> because I d- yes, I don't remember him. Okay, I thought I thought he'd picked an affectation, which was when he became really ill, he developed a lisp. Um, but apparently, he had a lisp. Uh, so yeah, um, Alice is like, uh, oh, I don't believe you. He's like, you can't be the real Alice because the real Alice would believe in me. Um, and so Anne Hathaway basically pitches, look maybe you can go back in time because that's a thing we can do here um 
And I'll, I, I, I'll be no, honest, there no. are parts of this which I definitely stopped so, paying so, okay, attention to. So how like, does she go back into They're like, dude, you got to get yourself the chronosphere. And she's like, whoa, we are through the looking glass, people. That's how it gets the name. It's not because they actually go through the looking glass. It's because she wakes up, sheeple. She understands the nature of reality. She's like, why can't you go through time and use the chronosphere? And they're all like, because we've been in the past. And if we see ourselves in the past, that would be really bad and time would stop. And Alice is like, holy shit. This time in the movie, I get to do stuff. Someone writing this movie recognized the point problem that in the first movie, I did very, very little until I killed a fucking Jabberwocky. Okay, they say whereas, you've got to go steal. Whereas now I'm, whereas now I'm definitely going to do things. Yes. I'm definitely going to do things, and they're going to be effective. They're definitely not going to be completely ineffectual throughout the entire movie. Now, I'm definitely yeah. not going to be shoved into the main role and then have all of my actions be completely pointless to the actual fucking plot. Because again, Jamie, in the six years between 2010 and 2016, Disney found feminism. All right, I'm not saying that's a bad <laughs> thing, but I'm saying you can very specifically uh, see Alexander, the do you movie. mean they? Do you mean they found feminism or they founded feminism? They, they founded Disney created feminism, feminism there was Alexander. No feminism until Disney <laughs> like realized that uh, maybe people want slightly more progressive movies, and they're like, "Oh, we can make this. We're a progressive company," and they're not. They deep down aren't. Anyway, uh, so she's no, like, "We're, we're going to put gay time. people into our films, but only in roles where we can cut them out for other markets if we need to." Yeah, very specifically, the message needs to be watered down enough that we can also show this in Saudi Arabia. Great. Uh, so instead, uh, she goes to Times Palace. Uh, you might think to yourself, oh, we're getting cool. spicy today, Alexander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're like to, like, honestly, my issue with this film is that like, I, it clearly people tried, but like there are some flaws in everything that came out. So like, as always, you tried and you made something. That's great. Unfortunately, we have to talk about bits of it. Our bits of it are weird, really weirdly political. Okay. She goes so, to Times Palace. They, they, in Times Palace, she's yeah. going to jump on a big clock. It's a big clock palace. Cool. This seems like a level from like, I. oh, very specifically, weirdly, this bit seems like a, a level from Knack, the PS4 game designed by Mark Seddy. <laughs> or maybe Knack 2. This is Knack 3. I'll have through the looking glasses, Knack 3. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. Um, she goes into the palace. There are yeah. all these robots. They're small. They're called Seconds. Oh, what exactly? Jamie, I've got to ask you a question. How many seconds are there in a year? Uh, how many seconds are there in a year? Uh, well, that would be 60 times 24 times 365. So whatever that is, around about... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, maybe I can do this because it's 525,600 minutes. So there's 525,600 minutes. So if we times that by 10, that's 5,625,000 minutes minutes and then needs times that by six so it's going to be around about 32 million seconds incorrect the answer is 12 uh so she gets into the palace there are wait you gotta think of that wait. i'll let you think of that while i talk <laughs> okay. of the plot uh she gonna go through the palace she uh meets these things called seconds which are like tiny little robots. oh it's are oh, you fuckhead the second of march the second of yes, january correct. second of uh, oh, dickhead so she, i did all of that maths she's going through and she finds uh a little a little big boy that's right it's everyone's favorite guy from talladega nights uh, not Ricky Bobby. It is, of course, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen playing uh, TikTok or Time, whatever he's called. Uh, he... Alexander, I just want it known that my guess was 32 million seconds and it is actually 31.536 million seconds. So I was really fucking close. I don't know, Jamie. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good 400,000 off. All right. So if you think that's close, <laughs> then okay, whatever. All right. You're the man, Sorry. Carry on. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I was not listening to you while I was looking at that. That's fine. Up. 
she sees uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as time go through a couple of things. He looks at his big clock. He goes into a room full of uh, stopwatches. We do. I, I, I should say, yeah, this, this the, the movie... I didn't think the first movie was that visually impressive. I've never particularly liked Tim Burton's visual style, um, but there were moments that were good in the first movie. I think this moment here, the visualization of the inside of, of the clock and this specific moment here with all of the, the stopwatches hanging down yeah. in like a skyline of him above the clouds, it's a cool visual look. No, and, and I quite like this scene. Right, like I don't, I don't love how it's done, but like I kind, I see where people were going with it, and I like the way people were going with it. In that uh, kind of time goes up to someone, he says, oh, "It's this time, it's time to die." So he goes in one room, he takes it down, closes the stopwatch, oh. the guy dies. He then says, yes. and I really like this line: uh, "I hope you use your time well." Uh, and then he goes through to another room and he hangs it up. He kind of goes through and he says, "Okay, I need to put this in order." Da, 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 and he puts the watch up in order on these strings. Uh, and then he sees Alice. Alice is like, hey, can I have a minute of your time? He's like, oh, I don't want to waste time, blah, 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 blah. They go, uh, and she basically pitches saying, hey, I need to steal, the, I need to get the chronosphere from you so I can change time. He goes, nobody can change time. That's not possible. And she says, but God damn it, I'm a girl boss. I have agency now. This, <laughs> this time, I can fix things. I can fix things, damn it. Alexander, yeah. I should pause you here because we have skipped over a very, very important thing, which is, um, have you ever heard Werner Herzog speak? Yes, yes, yes. Because Sasha Baron Cohen is doing a Werner, I'm convinced he is no, doing a Werner Herzog impression in this a movie. Paul Werner Herzog, because constantly throughout <laughs> this film, and I meant to ask you about it, I could not tell if Sasha Baron Cohen was doing a French accent or a German accent. Because he was doing a Werner Herzog impression. He's doing That's a what bad he was doing. Werner Herzog impression, and it is weird. I, I, it is, yeah. Incredibly odd, but sure, time is run by Germans. Okay, that's not weird. Let's not think about that too much. Anyway, fine. Werner Herzog, we're just going to call him Werner Herzog from now on, because I think that's better. Werner Herzog's like, you can't change time. Alice is like, God damn it, I can, I'm going to do stuff in this movie, all right? I'm I'm in the corner of the poster. I'm going to do things in this movie. It's my movie, not Johnny Depp's movie. She goes and steals the clock. Uh, simultaneously at this point, uh, the Red Queen, that's right, Helena of Bonham Carter, the lady with the big red head shows up and she's like, I'm going to bang time. Time's like, oh, you're cute, I love you. She's like, give me the chronosphere, I want to change time. He's like, I can't change time. She's like, but look, there's Alice and she's stealing the chronosphere. At this point, the seconds, the little robot men, they turn into minutes and they turn into minutes by knacking it, all right? They like assemble <laughs> into this bigger robot. They become Mac from the video game Mac. Google that if you haven't seen it. He's a little robot who wasn't a big yet, robot. Yeah, you are making an extremely niche reference, Alexander. <laughs> they are lots of little. Let, God damn it! They knacked it. Let's go for let's go for sort of Transformers esque, no, except no, it's lots it's of little parts. I know, Alexander. I know there's a difference. Show, show, there, I, show, need, I need some. Show Mark Cerny some respect. He goddamn designed the PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Five, and he got to make two games, knack and knack two. All right, show that I, some goddamn respect. I know, respect. Alexander. I know. Some of the most successful consoles of all time. God. Damn it! He deserves I his But our audience needs some level of visual reference that they will understand. All so right. imagine it's Think like a transformer you know what a PlayStation 4 looks making like? into it's a, a big, big robot, box. except it's 
splash. <laughs> Inside it, there's a little of... robot which turns into a bigger <laughs> robot. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, is that Astro's Playroom, the game that I played on the PlayStation 5? No, this is a different robot, okay? Sony has a lot of robot games. I recently got a PlayStation 5, so I have a lot of opinions on this. Anyway, these robots come she to She steals the chronosphere, she goes into timey-wimey space. She goes into timey-wimey space. Specifically, she goes into this, like, kind of weird Dyson sphere thing. She pulls a pull-me chain, and she goes through... Uh, she goes through time and Sasha Bankerman is like, holy shit, she can't change time. I need to follow her on a worse device. I don't know why he doesn't have a backup one, but sure, no problem. Anyway, go she goes back and she's uh, back before she was ever in Wonderland and she meets the Mad Hatter. She's like, hey, it's you. And he's like, I have no idea who you are because in this timeline, I've never met you. Um, but it's a slightly younger Johnny Depp and she's like, okay. So I believe her plan here is to find out what happened to... Um, she- to Mad Hatter's parents. So, so bef- because this is when the last time he saw them. Yeah, so, so before... Here's what happened. Before he left, time was like, can't change time, but maybe you can learn something. Weird. That's a weird thing to do because it makes it sound like he wants to help her get to after time. She, he doesn't. She was trying to get to a day we're going to call the murder day. All right? Uh, it's the coronation of, of no, the no, Red No, no, no. She wasn't trying to get to that day. She was trying to get to the murder day, which is the day they died. She got knocked oh, okay. off by Werner Herzog, and she ended up on the day of the coronation, where she meets the hacker. Okay. She's like, we're going to be friends in the future. And he's like, of course, because I'm weird and wacky. Wow. Um, Werner Herzog is But yeah, seat. so uh, Werner Her- uh, the Mad Hatter's dad uh, is putting a crown on um, the Red Queen's head. But... Well, her head's pretty fucking big. But Jamie, so, uh, it's not as big as it later gets. All right, she has. She has it's a not as big as it later head, gets. But not a crazy large head. Yes, um, I believe. And so, yeah, he puts it on. It doesn't fit, and everyone starts laughing at her because of her big fat head. And she starts getting angry and going off with their heads. And so the king. Uh, her dad is like, I always knew you never had the temperament. I waited until the day of your coronation for it to be truly tested. But I always knew. So you won't be queen. Your sister Anne Hathaway whoa, will whoa, be queen. Whoa. Two things. One, it's post-punk Anne Hathaway, which is kind of weird, all right? We're seeing like some, sorry, pop-punk, uh, not post-punk, apologies, very different. But we're seeing some pop-punk Anne Hathaway. Um, she has a lot of like pink in her white, where normally she's the white queen. Now she's got a lot more pink in her. She's got like, the, you know, she looks like she's uh, maybe like the fifth member of Paramore. I don't know, all right? It's it's a change in design. Because get it, Jamie? One's the Red Queen, one's the White Queen, but they grew apart. They started off kind of the same colours, and then they, as they grew older, became different people. What? Crazy. You're right. Second of all, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> On this day, he's like, you're never going to be Queen, bitch. Um, three, <laughs> I want to throw it out here. These are some pretty shit hatters that they, like, made this crown and they didn't like check to see the size of her head. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. I'm. I've never been a part of you know a wedding uh, party or, or anything like that. Uh, but I'm. I'm fairly aware that you you know measure rings before you fucking stick them on. Uh, so I'd imagine that maybe there's a similar process for crowning people. It would be pretty embarrassing to stick a like a massive crown on a guy's head and it like sinks over their eyes or a girl's head uh, and it sinks over their eyes. Jamie, I, sorry, I forgot I, about hashtag girls bosses today. I, I, um, I feel that. Uh, uh, as someone with a big head, uh, as a fellow someone with a big head, maybe you're taking <laughs> a little bit too personally here about the big head. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, terrible hatters. They should have measured. No, they, uh, they deserve to be killed. I think that's the kind of has <laughs> Oh well, Alexander, I have some pretty good news for you. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, the ceremony's over. Yeah. Um, 
oh, Mad Hatter's dad it's like, really upset. You, Hatter, you laughed, and then he's like, "Well, you're a shitty Hatter. You made this hat which didn't fit on her head." And they're like, "We'll never speak again." And they never speak again because they're gonna die. Alice is like, "Screw this! I'm going. Here's what I'm gonna do." Oh, she, the the the, the queen's like, "Oh, by the way, this happened all because of you, White Queen, or that thing that happened when I was like six and the white queen's like yeah. yeah I guess so so she goes back in time again this time all the way back to the time when the queen was six and they were yes using some uh, but specifically um, while this is going on uh, Sash Baron Cohen has gone to uh, the time like concurrent with the first movie I believe yeah. and meets the Mad Hatter at the tea party um, and uh, the, and he's like, oh, are you here for Alice? And the Mad Hatter, you know, he's a wily guy. He knows the, uh, this this Werner Herzog-looking motherfucker. I don't trust him. And so he's like, yeah, no, uh, Alice, she's, um, I invited her for tea. So uh, I invited her. You just wait here. And uh, then, then him and all his pals, they start messing around. They start delaying, having delay tactics. So much so uh, that eventually Sasha Baron Cohen uh, basically goes, I control time. So now, forevermore, it will be one minute to tea time. And that is apparently the worst possible punishment that the Mad Hatter could get. Uh, and so he uh, is very sad. Um, and you are correct. We've gone all the way back to uh, young, young time. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be specific. That she knows that she has to get to a specific place for 12 o'clock, I believe. Yeah. Um, Alice knows she has to get some, or for a specific time, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, this is interspersed with some of those Sasha Baron Cohen scenes. There is no tension ever at any point. No. She never seems like she's rushing. This... Uh, she doesn't seem like she has to be anywhere. Um, I don't, again, it's, I, it's, look, yeah. I, I've never had a film made, so once again congratulations to everyone who got this film made congratulations to the writer i want to so i you know i want to throw that out there you're great i'm gonna throw this at corporate disney for this being weird um at this point in this film the the story arc has been this alice is a girl boss who has a ship which she can go on great second beat in the thing alice's mum is like fuck you you don't get that ship you gotta get a real job all right Alice is like, no, I need Wanda. She goes to Wonderland. Okay, so then goes to Wonderland where her friend is like, boo you, you don't believe in me. And we we have the beginning of an arc, right? Like, she's... But it's kind of of a weird jump because we have girl boss who believes that she can do anything to goes back, her mum's like, screw you. Uh, You need to get a real job. And then the third beat is Alice doesn't believe in the impossible anymore, which is kind of... It's kind of weird. Like, you'd almost think it'd be like something kind of different, right? Like, she would need to learn to maybe accept some aspect of being an adult or something like that. She doesn't, though. She come, she learns... Apparently, she's already internalized that super quickly, which doesn't be the Hatter, but she wants to. So she travels through time, and then she meets the time guy who's like, time's not bad. Okay, cool. And then she goes to meet the Hatter, and then she goes to try and change time. So... Yeah. Okay. And so cool. she, she's arc, here to change arc. time. The middle of it. She's here to change time. Again, doesn't seem very. It doesn't seem like a very pressing matter. She meets young young Hatter, uh, who immediately says the weirdest fucking thing. I would uptail and run immediately if a child came up to me and said, "You've got a lovely head." A good head needs a good hat. That's what my father I, says. Run, Alexander. I, if a fucking tiny little pale yeah. curly-haired ginger boy comes up to you and says that, fucking sprint in the other direction. Honestly, I 100% believed that this kid was meant to be the Red Queen. 
because uh, they both have red hair. <laughs> and I was like, it's a really weird choice that they had the Red Queen be played by a boy. But like, okay, sure. I genuinely was convinced that, that was uh, the case. Fun fact, that young Mad Hatter is Andy Serkis's son. Oh. Fun, fun fact. Cool. Anyway, uh, so yeah, sure. she goes with um, uh, with young Hatter to meet the dad, uh, with the, where we will learn about the young Hatter having made his first like little paper hat, and he shows it to his dad, and his dad goes, oh, this isn't very well fucking made, and just fucking tears it to pieces, um, which is, you know, that hat that he finds later, whatever. Uh, but it's very funny that this dad is that mean. Uh, we also have this interspersed with what is genuinely the origin of everything that goes wrong in Wonderland. Mm. So, to be clear, what I, the scene I'm at is the inciting incident for this entire universe. We have young Red Queen and young White Queen. They are in uh, the Red Queen's bedroom. No, 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 no. Uh, Jamie, and- Jamie, they begin with their mum yep. baking pastry in the servants' quarters, which, okay, yep. a bit weird for a queen, but whatever. I can buy it. She's hands-on. I like it. In the in the bakery, uh, the Red Queen has eaten a shit ton of these pastries, and the White Queen's yep. like, I didn't get any pastries, bitch. And the Red Queen's like, you can have the crusts. And she's like, I don't like the crusts. The mum's like, hey, you both suck. No one gets the last one. Go to your bedrooms. And the White Queen, yep. then they go to the bedroom. The White Queen has stolen, the baby White Queen, the White Princess, whatever, has stolen the uh, strawberry tart, and she eats it. Over by her sister's, psychopathically, over by yep. her sister's bed. Yep. Deliberately dropping the crumbs by the, the young Red Queen's bed. So the mother comes in and she's like, Mrs. Red Queen, little Red Queen, little girl, normal sized head girl. Uh, why do you have crumbs under your bed? And she's like, no, the, the white, the white, she did it. My sister did it. And then the white, the sister comes in and the mum's like, did you do this? And she's like, no, I didn't. Uh, and so the mum is like, well, I believe her. Uh, and so she punishes the Red Queen. Uh, this causes the Red Queen to... Again, during all of this, we know that this is building up to the inciting... The thing that that, that Alice has to stop, she is just having, having casual chats with the Mad Hatter family. She suddenly goes, oh, jeez, I need to be in the town square. Um, no, she, and so she goes to the... No, no, yeah. she goes to... Are you talking about Alice or are you talking about... Um, Alice. Alice, Alice, Alice knows, says... Alice knows that the Queen is going to hit her head in the town square. Yes. So that's why she needs to run to the town sure. square. Um, but again, she could have left much earlier. Uh, she has been doing nothing. Um, uh, but she arrives just in time to see a very upset uh, Red Queen uh, running through town, uh, falling over oh, and no, bonking her head. That, right? It's that uh, she thinks the Red Queen is going to hit her head on a clock. And she's like, oh no. So she pushes the clock guys out of the way. But in doing so, she spooks the Red Queen, who then falls and hits her head. So she realizes yes. that she had always caused the Queen to hit her head. The Queen's Yes, you can't change the past. Yeah. Um, and this is what makes her head big. So again, the, the inciting incident for this entire universe is a little girl leaving crumbs next to a bed. That is the, that is the level of tension that we are at in this fucking film. Um, anyway, so Alice has realized, oh God, you can't change time. Um, and so she ends up Wait, 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 J- Jamie, 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 mini- Jamie, are you yes. telling me that Alice can't girl boss her way out of this? She can't girl boss her what way out of this she? at the moment. Um, she then uh, has but to yeah, go so a looking glass. I can't remember yep. why. Uh, and she ends up back in real universe. Uh, no, not yeah, but but somewhere different, Jamie. <laughs> All right. Yes. She wakes up, and where is she, Jamie? Uh, she's in a mental hospital. 
yeah, uh, staffed by Andrew Scott for some reason. Because the... why wouldn't you get Andrew Scott in your movie that's already got a bonkers cast? Sure. So Andrew Scott's there and Andrew Scott's like, I'm going to fucking drug you up and cure your mental illness, guys. I yeah, he's like, oh, the, la- the lady has hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it so many times before. She's, she's, silly, silly women. She's like, why am I in uh, this mental institution? And her mum's like, well, the guy who you tried to pitch on, like the guy who was your boss uh, was like, you've been crazy in the house. So they put you in a mental asylum, and I think you should be here. Now, I want to stop for a second, because this really yep. calls into question certain things. Okay. Was Alice... Because it says in-universe that what Alice was doing was hiding under the furniture and acting generally <laughs> crazy um, while hiding in that room. So is in-universe Wonderland Alice's insane... Is, is Alice crazy? That's my actual question. Is she in-universe crazy? I mean, so the the thing with the original book has always been like, oh, it was probably a dream because there's lots of references uh, to Alice like being... I I have recently had to teach Alice in Wonderland. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, there's lots of references to her being like really bored and sleepy um, and then suddenly seeing uh, the, the hair. Uh, and also when she falls down the well... Uh, she uh, lands and it doesn't hurt her. There's loads of things that suggest, oh, actually, she's uh, maybe dreaming. Uh, so I believe that's what they're leaning into. Uh, but but not, quite James, why in her... I agree. I, Alan, being Alan, crazy. I know, I know. No, and again, not just, <laughs> not, why... not, look, here's my thing. I'm not disparaging anyone who actually has like serious mental health problems. This film isn't talking about mental health problems. This film is suggesting that she's just like, within a filmic context, crazy, in quotation marks. But but it doesn't. It's not really the, the issue. Is it's not really reckoning with it. So the implication of it, its own decisions. Yes, it's made that decision so that Alice can break out of this and go back to Wonderland. It never has to reckon with what they've actually created as the reality of their universe. Yes. Um. So so anyway, yeah. She she uh, fucking game. stabs. Oh, she stabs Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Scott, Scott. Andrew Scott collapses. There is actually my favorite line of the movie, which is um, she flees and she steals a carriage to go back to the mansion which the guy was living in. Uh, as she flees, yep. she. Uh, screams uh, uh, sorry I plead insanity which I quite like the, I quite like as a line I thought that was a good good line um, so yeah she ends up back in um, the house back in the house I can't remember she ends up with the the, the it's not the Necronomicon what's that the thing called chron- the timey chronosphere wing. chronosphere um, I can't remember how she gets it it's not that important um, I think she had when she let, like when she, when she wrote back up in the thing. So I think yes. she just comes back through and um, she still has a chronosphere. She then goes yeah. to the So uh, she Doom goes day. to the murder day. The the murder time. Um and in this time she lands and there's fire everywhere. The uh the Jabberwocky from the first film, the the dra- dragon is um wreaking havoc and she's on the search. She yeah. finally spots the Mad Hatter's family. Uh and when she sees them, oh my goodness. Who's that but the Red Queen? And she's not killing them. She's taking them away. Oh, the Mad Hatter was right all along. His family is alive. And they then drop the so, they drop the little hat. Yeah, they is, dropped the, now, the little hat. I want to stop hat, what quickly. He I know, I know yes. something a lot. But we're actually doing okay for time this time. Because we're near the end. We're, <laughs> Alex, we're near the end. we are an hour in. Yeah, but we're near the end. So it's fine. <laughs> Look, here's my thing. At the beginning, what puts him into the depression is that he finds the little hat. They were playing a game of yeah. fetch the little hat. However, as we now know, the little hat was found where the Jabberwocky killed the entire town. 
That means where they were playing was the site of an atrocity, and none of them like stopped <laughs> to think about this. It's maybe twenty years later, at most, maybe fifteen years later. Um, I, that, what, what the fuck? What the? What yeah. is this hell hellscape? <laughs> where hundreds of people, like I don't, I I know it's a fairy tale, blah blah blah, but. In universe, this is where the people were massacred, and then yeah. everyone just forgot. Yeah, by the like way, like this is where like, the like imagine imagine if uh, me and my mates went down Ground Zero, uh, and we're just like, hey, want to play some catch? Uh, it, it would it would seem a, a little bit insensitive to the lives lost. It's it, I, I you know I guess it's like The Last of Us Three, Ellie's in New York, and they're playing catch, and then she's <laughs> like, wow, nine eleven happened. Like you know, it, it, it's it's weird. Okay, fine, whatever. She's yeah, then like, I, they're it, not dead. I knew it. She goes to the Hatter. She goes forward in time. Yes, uh, by the way, the Hatter who has now, he's lost all of the colour in his hair. He's looking very gaunt and almost dead. He's straight up dead. They're all like, hey, they put a stethoscope on his chest. They're like, he's gone. So all the White Queen and everyone else leaves. Uh, You're like, oh no, this is really sad. Uh, She's like, they're alive. I believe, Hatter, I believe. The Hatter comes back from the dead. Great. Yep. Cool. Comes back from the dead um, and gets all the colour back in his hair and 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 starts speaking in his Scottish accent and oh, he's having a lovely old time. Um, they then go me- to, meanwhile, the she's like yeah, the red queen still. Fa- no, no. She then goes. I know who has your mum's your mum's. Uh, I know who has your family. It's the red queen. We have to go to the red queen's palace. They- yes. Um, the Red Queen still has uh, Werner Herzog uh, under her thumb uh, as she is still trying to get the chronosphere or whatever. Because she wants to um, stop. She wants to be queen. She wants to go back and fix time the way she thinks it should be. Fixed. Yes. Uh, now, this is... I, I would like to clarify, Alexander. They are breaking into mm-hmm. the Red Queen's palace. Yeah. Uh, a place that you would imagine she would not want unwanted visitors. Not only are they doing that, uh, they are going for... it. it very specifically, uh, Werner Herzog reveals to the Red Queen... Uh, wh- what they're looking for, um, which is the Mad Hatter's family. Um, so unless the whole idea is that this is a trap that the Red Queen is laying, um, they just waltz into this place. They just fucking walk in there, uh, and they're like, "Okay, cool, we're here now." Here's my here's what I believe it is. I think it's that after the yes. first film, the Red Queen has lost all her power, right? Like she do- she has a much smaller retinue. We saw we saw the cast in the first movie. She had a lot of like. Uh, you know, command around her. She no longer has that. So I think she's trying to get that back, right? Like, she's defeated off the first film, which is why I think it's unguarded in this one. Um, it is weird. I agree. There's not very much tension. They find the family. Great. They, yeah, then... they find the family. The family are in a little, like, ant farm in a yeah. in a um, painting mm. frame. However, time um, is And now the Red s- Queen is immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Time is now stopping. Um, they get captured yeah. by the Red Queen. The Red Queen's like, yep. I'm going to go back and fix time. She steals the... Uh, chronosphere goes back to uh, the scene we saw earlier specifically the one where she's eating all the crumbs alright now I want to throw it out there there was an easier way to actually have changed time which would have been to go back into the kitchen before the uh, white queen and stole the biscuit and just eat it yourself that would have fixed time much more <laughs> easily than what she actually does yeah um, she- um, but Alice is uh, dear, dear Alexander Alice is locked up with Johnny Depp in a in a cage how are they going to get out of this one? Is she going to girl boss her way through it? Is she going to come up with something? Oh, no, what? Some random character we've never met is just going to unlock the door? Okay, cool. Um, some random character we've never met unlocks the door. Uh, and Alice lays out her plan, which is she says, you guys go back to Wonderland. Me and Johnny Depp, we're going to go and fix time. 
And that's not a plan, Alexander. No. That's just saying, oh, we're going to go. Like, imagine me before yeah. before a football match. Right, lads, here are our tactics for this football game. Play. We're going to win. Sick. Let's go, lads. That's not a plan. No. Anyway, um, she uh, ends up, um, through the help of Werner Herzog, yeah. uh, also going back in time to the same place. Um, and he's just like, don't let her see herself. Time, time will stop. Time will stop. It'll be the end of time. Um, she then goes yeah. and sees her. So the Red Queen then sees herself. She, like John, seeing uh, being like, you're a liar. You did eat that cake. Not cake. The, the, the fucking tarts. And and she then dies and the version of herself in the past dies. Uh at this point, yes. well, they, they they don't die. They they like they they, they free they free they they turn to like wooden stone is the best yeah. way I can describe it. It's like like trees are growing up in and around it's, and through it's them. It's weird. Um, and that begins to happen to the universe. And Alice then saves the White Queen because um, oh, because the Red Queen also took the White Queen back in time. Um, the White Queen and Alice then go back to the present where they're meant to go put the Chronosphere in the clock which controls time, so that time will continue and won't stop. The hours at this point but, have assembled into minutes. No, so the minutes have assembled into hours. So remember, that's small little robots become Mac, and then the Mac becomes bigger. All right, <laughs> they become the really big Mac. We're talking Mac three, baby. Uh, and they then go off and uh, become. She then goes. Long story short, people are all turning into the weird stone wood thing. And Alice yes, puts the even even time himself yeah. is turning into one of those things. Alice um, puts the. But at the last minute, he desperately. He somehow, he puts his hand on his clock in his chest, which I think s- slows down time stopping. Yeah. It's not very clear, well, but either way. It, they, they basically yeah. said that like, at the beginning of the movie, it is explained that time, the time character we see by Sasha Baron Cohen is like a avatar of the clock, right? Like the clock is the thing that controls it. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is an expression of that. He is the he, he is like the forward. I, I don't know. Like like the cock is God and Sasha Baron Cohen is Jesus, but this is Catholicism and they're literally the same thing, although they are two separate entities. I don't think as such he's just trying to extend this as much as possible. It's weird. Alice is so close. She turns to stone. She holds out the chronosphere. The chronosphere goes into the clock. Time resumes. Um, Oh, but we also have a sequence where some of the friends of the Hatter, so the big dog... Oh, yeah, we get a fucking Toy Toy Story 3 going into the incinerator moment for these fucking extra characters that we don't give a shit about, where they're all like, oh, we will go into that long goodnight, dear sir, together. Do not Um, go exactly into that goodnight, they say, as they stop and wait for time to take them. Uh, At this point, time is fixed. Um, The Queen is... The White Queen apologizes Uh, to the Red Queen. (laughs) Yeah, and Hathaway just goes, I'm sorry. And then the Red Queen's like, oh, that's what I've been waiting for this whole time. Again, the entire inciting incident for this entire fucking universe is dumb as shit. Um, But she's like, oh, I'm I'm glad. Um, The the Mad Hatter makes his family come big again. They get, I'm he, not really sure how he does so, it. So, Jamie, have you not? You've, you taught Alice in Wonderland, all right? She gets small and then she gets big. They, she gives. They're given a cake. They, she, the great pink queen gives. Oh Alice yeah, yeah, the cake. cake. Yeah, yeah. Um, which makes um, it big again. So yeah, he breaks them out. He gives them cake. They're full size again. We get a nice um, uh, family reunion. Uh, Alice goes back to meet Time again, and he's like, "Ha I may have sounded like Werner Herzog, but uh, I'm actually not the evil guy. Isn't that fun? I was actually on your side the whole time because Time is a good thing. 
you turn that into a message, Alice. Fuck you, I'm not doing it for you. <laughs> That's not my job. Um, and, yep. Yeah. And so uh, she goes back uh, to regular time, mm. real world, where everyone thinks she's crazy. And she's like, uh, and she's hey, with her mum. Dickhead. Uh, and her mum's like, we're not signing over the ship. And Alice is like, no, I've learned from this. We are signing over the ship. Because uh, Alice also gives the watch of her father. She has her father's watch the entire movie. She gives it to time, I think, accepting his death. Uh, and then when in the, in the real world, she goes back. Yes, and- but but yes, yeah, she she's like, look, we'll we'll give dad's ship. Not because I have learned that colonialism is bad, <laughs> but because I've learned that there will be other ships. Yes, I can buy another ship. Apparently, the message. Someone else. We can. We'll just buy another yeah, ship. We can buy another ship, but we need the house. But I don't know why, but okay. They get, they get, yeah, they I, I think they get the house. They then move to China. Yeah. So they then, yeah, they he's like, the- okay, whatever. And they then move to China and open up a shop in China. And I think she gets a boat. I, I think that, like, I think she opens up a merchant. Yeah, she does get a boat person, at the end. Like, I'm going to say Hong Kong. I don't think it's Hong Kong, but, um, yeah, kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> um, so before we go on to chat about these movies, dear Alexander, of course, it is time for Anne Grams. And that is the part where we uh, make an anagram of this movie's title, trying to describe uh, the plot as best we can. Uh, mine this week, because I was feeling like shit, is coming courtesy of my girlfriend. Uh, um, <laughs> I have not read it up until now. Uh, all she's got is ass cake. <laughs> so that is my anagram for this week. Uh, here's the thing. I don't have one. I really apologize for this. Uh, this is the first time ever. I don't have an anagram, so I I, I, I will be punished next week and do two. Oh, um, dear Alex, on, on one of the longer ones as I well. Know, I was excited I for what you could come up with. I apologize. Uh, well, let's just talk about this fucking movie then. Um, so, you... you Okay, let's, let's loop back around initially, firstly, just to the thing you apparently disagreed with me upon when I said that um, this movie... Uh, the the director didn't bring any of the like fun and lightheartedness and silliness uh to the movie that you might have expected given his background and giving these oh no no i i so you had said that he was just aping the style of tim burton oh yes oh is that what you disagree yes and i so so on that so so hi i know you've all been waiting for this for for a cool 30 minutes I prefer. <laughs> I, I really minutes. this won an Oscar. I think for visual uh, design already was nominated for an Oscar for. Sorry, not this. The previous one had been. I, I the nominated. I think maybe won a couple Oscars for like set and animation and stuff. I uh, I, really, I can tell you, uh, it won best art direction, won best costume design, and was nominated for best visual effects. The first one. The, this one did not yeah. get any nominations. The costume design in the first one is particular. Good. Note. I actually don't like the art direction. I don't like the the set design. Um, I, I don't like. It. I think it's not nice. This one has a lot more physical sets, right? Like there are streets, okay. and you're like, oh, okay, like you know, maybe look at a big wide shot of the house. That's not real, but when you get closer into the house, there's a physical house there, and I like that. Okay, yeah, right. Like there is yeah. more of a practicality to a lot of these rooms and things like that. Where in the first one, it more like I'm sure there were some of those, but because of the sheer amount of like CGI and and specifically, it's the way in which like. 3D CG really doesn't necessarily translate to 2D. Um, so, like, because it was designed so much to be seen as much as possible in 3D, bits of it looks kind of crappy when you watch it again in 2D. Like, I don't I don't like it. Um, in this one, because there's more just, like, physical stuff, I think it looks better. Like, I like the costume design in this one. I like the set design in this one. 
better than the first one. Like there is a there is a more groundedness to that which I like. I can agree with that. Uh, I, I I completely get along with that. I do think that this director was limited is the wrong word, but clearly forced into due to this being a follow on from a Tim Burton film. Um, having to still include a lot of Tim Burton-esque mm-hmm. uh, aesthetics. And I think considering his movement towards physical and practical effects, it's quite clear that was not... And his background in Muppets, for example. Yeah. Uh, I think that's clear that was not what he really wanted to yeah. do. He wanted to do more physical and practical effects. And if he wasn't directing a movie that was a sequel to a Tim Burton movie, mm. he might have had a little bit more free reign to yeah. make those things more I, prominent. I think it was the case that Disney were like shit we haven't made this movie and the first one made a billion dollars shit we need like I, d- I don't know if Tim Burton had been developing this for longer I don't know what but like I tried to figure out yeah. why he didn't direct the, this and I could not find it in my research sucks. Like, um, the Muppet movie is a really good <laughs> film and I also like Muppet's Most Wanted I think they're both like very fun films um, and this is nowhere near as good as those but I don't think that's necessarily his fault I think it's likely to be the fault of Disney the Corporation um, on this movie, mm. it runs into like a a problem, like thematically, which a lot of the later uh, uh, Matrix movies have, which is that to some extent it's about determinism, right? Like you can't change the past, and you know, I think there are aspects of that to which could make a very interesting movie, right? Like yeah. a, a movie about where you have to accept that the past is not the past isn't changeable and that you have to change in the present is something I like. Like, that's, that's I think that's a good thing. None of these films are ever about that. They're always about someone like, this in particular, this movie in particular, like, really frustrates me. And, like, we made fun of the, the, the egregious girlboss stuff in large part because she's girlbossing via colonialism. All right? And yep. I think this one, like, the end, it only really comes at the end of the last one. This one, like, Try, there are there there are gestures towards like I think she's you know that she's not meant to be like racist necessarily or that like I don't know she's not like necessarily like she's not part of the army or the East India Trading Company I think she's just meant to be like trading with local peoples kind of thing um, it doesn't get around the fact that like at this time the Britain were either the Opium Wars were happening or if not we were doing terrible terrible things in China which like. To, like which really really fucked up things there and you know i i get it i get it but also you didn't it was like a weird self-owned thing they did in the first film right like there was stuff yeah you you just really didn't need to do it no like that you could have alice like like i don't like i okay there's so many but like here are my two problems one i find like i understand i understand why in like modern tales of like okay we need to make this empowering for women that often what it's about is like financial emancipation right but like if you can be an independent business owner then you don't need a man to look after you and that way you gain agency and i i get that i was i understand that i think it's down to an overused trope because specifically the trope feels to be like the only way to be a um the only way to have freedom is through capitalism. And, like, I'm not I'm not someone who's out there slagging off capitalism all the time. I just think it's a boring story trope. And I think it's boring here. Like, I think it's boring that Alice can only, like, find independence. Not by, like, 
choosing anything or like making any decisions but just by like being a business person who also does colonialism is weird but thematically the whole time thing is like at the beginning she has agency and her mum's like no you have to make grown-up decisions and sometimes that means that like things get made for you decisions get made for you and she doesn't like that she then has to learn to accept the fact that sometimes she doesn't have a choice or like sometimes she can't fix things and so at the end when it comes to selling her house she has to let go of the past and then move on into the future and like i kind of i kind of get what that story is i guess that it's a little bit like what i said like sometimes you have to just accept the past and move on like but that doesn't feel like what most of the story is um, no, and it the, just the, feels the like linking, a weird mess the linking between the themes of wonderland and the in the real world message is very very poor in this hmm. compared to the first one which I mean, I had plenty of issues with the first one, but that was not one of them. They vaguely had the idea of what their message was in Wonderland and how that translated to uh, the decision she makes when she returns to the real world. And that really has a lot less... Uh, is The link is a lot more tenuous no, in this one. Also, like, um, just... Uh, like, yep. the, the whole thing where they, they put her in a mental asylum is so weirdly literal... That I just like. I know, I know we made yeah. like I, we like we're doing a vaguely comedy podcast. Like we made a couple jokes here about like oh the Mad Hatters walking through the killing fields, but it is weirdly literal to be like it's not just like a daydream or something. It is that like Alice is literally insane? Because at the end, I think the hat. I think Alice talks to the hat or maybe Absalom and is like, "Hey, is this real or is this all in my head?" And basically like a Harry Potter thing. Except in this case, literally, it's not like the Harry Potter thing where he's just. He's been killed and is talking in his head to Dumbledore. It is a very much literal. He, she is in an insane asylum while she dreams of this, or she is like just going around apparently screaming through this house because people yes, perceive the, yeah, her she, as she's she in is, Wonderland, and that's yeah, weird. She is literal. literally doing other things in real time in the real world while whatever is happening in Wonderland. Yeah, is and like I don't want to. That's a very that's, strange choice. Yeah, if you just left it ambiguous, there's not a pro- like there is not a problem with ambiguity. Right, like, there's there's also really no fucking reason for her to come back to the real world at that point in the story. It, is, it doesn't serve a function. Yeah, why? she just comes back to the real world and then goes straight back to Wonderland. That it it's not then referenced later. Uh, it serves no plot function. Yeah, it it's just aggressive. Like, so obviously when we review these films, we review uh, based on a couple of criteria. We review the film out of five. We review Anne Hathaway's performance out of five. We review the Anne Hathaway uh, sweetheartometer, which is how much is uh, Anne Hathaway America's sweetheart in this film, uh, before we uh, decide whether or not it goes into our uh, stash away, the Hathaway stash away. Uh, and we also uh, kind of rank it on the uh, Anne's Mans, which is the list of uh, Anne Hathaway love interests, uh, which I'm sure will be an interesting of conversation wit- this time around. Oh, um, we, <laughs> when we're talking about the film out of five, I... I know we've been saying nothing, Titan. I prefer it to Alice in Wonderland, which is a movie I really, really dislike. Like, I really dislike Alice in Wonderland. I prefer it to that. It is still a, her- a mess. Oh, apparently I gave Alice in Wonderland 0.3. Jeez. Fucking hell. You, get, you gave Alice in Wonderland a 2. I gave Alice in Wonderland 0.3. And that puts me in a difficult position because I don't think I like this more than Alice in Wonderland. Interesting. This, I, I, I think... 
the the writing of this is really poor for me and i don't mean to be again we don't like to shit on people too much not, for, yeah like there are but like, but like i i don't like the writing in this movie i think it is quite poor i think the plot i mean i i reference that there's no reason for her to go back to um uh, to the real world i could say that about 90 percent of what alice does in general in this entire movie there's very ever little reason for why things happen and there's very little like very little effect and so little tension mm-hmm. there's so little i talked about it specifically with that uh, you know we we we're, we're finding out why the red queen is the way she is and firstly the reason is really fucking dumb yeah. it's stupid and secondly you know it's supposed to be this tense will alice get there and there's literally no tension for it at all she is just busy doing something else the entire time and then 30 seconds you know in in screen time before a mm. fucking red queen bonks her head she's like oh i've got to go and so she goes and there's there's no build up there's no yeah. tension to that at all um his Eve, yeah sorry my my counter pitch is the first one was like weirdly grim dark in places um which i didn't really like right like the first one had like uh, in bits it was like oh it's alice in wonderland but without the fun in it and i feel this one is made i i, I understand why you really dislike it. i also don't like it I feel this one is much has a much clearer audience in mind, and that audience is six year olds. And I don't think it's a great movie for six year olds, but I think it snows its audience slightly better, and we're just aggressively not in that audience. Uh, I th- I think that's fair. Uh, I don't know why a six year old would care about the Mad Hatter. Uh, that is my other issue sure. with this: is that the entire point is that you're supposed to care about the Mad Hatter, and I don't, and Jamie, I don't know why Jamie, a child would. The most popular yep. TV show with six-year-olds right now is about a uh, police force uh, made up entirely of puppies. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I'm saying maybe six-year-olds aren't that smart. All right, throwing it out there, hot take. Um, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna wrap up my feelings. Yeah. I gave the original Alice in Wonderland a zero point three, and we remember very crucially that uh, at the end of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice turns up in chainmail, and we learned on that episode that that really works for me. So this movie is going to get a lower score than Alice in Wonderland, if simply because Alice never turns up in chainmail. So I'm going to give it a zero point two. Jamie, you call yourself a self-respecting uh, armor lover, all right? As which of course is the <laughs> the, the official term for that kink. Uh, I think she, I believe she's wearing plate mail in that last scene, not plate chainmail, yes, you not, moron. Not chain- all right. <laughs> what do you think it is? Mithril? Idiot. Um, uh, so, uh, look, I I like it more, but I'm not going to give it a higher rate. So, like, I'm not going to go three. It's not a three-star film. It's a two-star film. I just enjoyed it slightly more. I admit, I watched it in, like, three settings. Like, I just, like, repeats it. It was like, eh, it's half an hour left. I can pause it. Uh, and did so. Um, it is not a particularly good movie. As I think we, we, we've, we've kind of said all the way through this. Like, if you worked on this, you got a fucking paycheck. I'm like, well done. Like, more than we yeah. will ever do in an artistic endeavor, like, to that and scale. And probably more than we will ever earn yeah. in so, any like, artistic endeavor as credit well. Credit for that. I think probably most of the problems with this come from the fact that, like, there's a giant corporation who wants certain things behind it. Like, that is not a comment yeah. on your artistic skill. It is just, like, I, it, yeah, like, I'm sure this is. It was a paycheck, and that is great. And like, you learned stuff from it, so cool. But however, it is time to comment on someone's artistic skill yes. and talk about Anne Hathaway's performance, which is 
fine. Fine as always. Um, yeah. Uh, I can I can tell you that I gave her a two point one in the original one, and you gave her a three. Yeah. Um, and I I don't see I I think some of her mannerisms and choices grated. I think that they're the exact same yeah. as they were in the first one, but they just grated on me a little bit more in this one for some reason. But also, she's very barely in this film. She's really not in it that mm. much. Um, so I'm I'm going to honour her and give her a 2.1 the same as I did last time um, for me no I continue to think the performance is fine I, I, I still think she's the only person in the film who sort of maybe Johnny Depp but like she knows what film she's in and like what she's in is like specifically Panto um, which is why I quite like that like I don't I, I like Panto I think I think, uh, I, I think you are being very unfair to Helena Bonham Carter no, 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 that's, who is that's absolutely like the standout performance in this she, film yeah, right. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter and Sasha Baron Cohen in the uh, second movie in which they play a couple in Anne Hathaway's uh, catalogue uh, are <laughs> of course uh, stealing the show but no I think she perfectly serves all like three like I know she knows what she's judging her performance at and it's not us um and the America's Sweet Tartometer, how much of America's Sweet Tart is Anne Hathaway in this film? What are your thoughts, Alex? Oh, I mean, this film bombed, so, so zero. Like, it, it, like, clearly not enough to get it, make its money back. Yeah, we, we have established this. Americans like successful people. Mm. Uh, the Americans just won at the Olympics. They got the most golds of anyone, uh, as uh, I'm sure they feel like they deserved because they like I, people who win. And Anne Hathaway did not win in this I movie. I want to throw it out. This movie bombed. I found it hilarious that for days the New York Times would have the medal count up and they'd always put the US at the top. And I'd be like, that's weird because China has more gold medals for many of these days than the US. Uh, and what they would basically do is just like be like, oh no, it's overall medals that counts. Yes. That's what yes. you need. Overall yes, of course. Medals. How we've all ranked, how we've yeah. always ranked all gold, all medal tables Equal. by overall medals it's about how many silvers and bronzes you have Whereas not the, about how many goals I'd be looking between that and the Guardian and the Guardian would put us much lower down than the New York Times would and I'm like why are we third on this and I was like oh we have a load of bronzes who gives a shit um, yeah, yeah. No, no, look but that's the, the issue so maybe America would like this film because it's a girl boss movie but clearly they didn't <laughs> but it brings us back to um, our, our other point which is that uh, the world doesn't like women and so uh, treats them poorly <laughs> when it comes to all the things um, yeah um, so this is where we would have Anne's mans no, and I haven't. think you were you were about to suggest that that Anne Hathaway somehow has a love interest in this movie I mean well she saved someone's life because he loves her so that that's t- technically one so we go back to of course uh, the Mad Hatter but he's kind of a dick what? in this movie he's kind of a dick alright did, did I put the Hatter in the first one that's, that's my actual question did I, put I, don't, I don't know did you let me check come on interestingly come on, I didn't up. I didn't Interesting. Thank God. So I think you cannot go back on fine, that. You must fine, trust your original. Fine. She has no love interest in this movie. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I think sometimes it is okay. Fine. I will admit. I will admit that we would not have been able to do this with Tom Hanks movies because he does not have as many love interests in his movies as Anne Hathaway has. And maybe about? that he's is ma- a statement. Like, he's like either married or dating someone in every film. Name That's one movie absolute... where he's not dating someone. Okay. I was about to say Toy Story. <laughs> um, okay, he is not dating someone in, I believe, Bonfire of the Vanities. No, he's a wife. Uh, he's got a wife he... from Bonfire of the Vanities. Does he have a wife from yeah, Bonfire of the Vanities? Yeah, he's got a wife Vanities? from Bonfire of the Vanities. He cheats on her, but he has a wife. There's not oh, a single right, Tom Hanks movie in which he's not either dating someone or. <laughs> okay, right. I was trying. To, I was trying to make a 
point and sound like I'm woke, Alexander, that women always get cast in having love interests, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the Circle. He doesn't. He's he's a he's a maniac in the Circle. He doesn't have that is true. Uh, a partner he in that. Have any I don't believe. I believe Walt. He has like the Wozniak guy. It's kind of his partner, but he doesn't have a literal. <laughs> I partner. believe Walt Disney doesn't have a partner in Saving Mr. Banks. But he has kids, which um, implies the existence of a partner. Yeah, but not on screen. Uh, um, Polar Express. Polar oh, no, Express no, no, doesn't. No, have one. But he's also Santa, so he does Mrs. Claus. Okay, Lady Killers. Murderer doesn't have a wife. But the old lady, like this, the ascension there. You know, like she wants to do him, <laughs> he wants to do her. Okay, all right, fine. So you're you're retroactively stretching it just as much as you stretch it in this <laughs> one as well. Um, right. Uh, so our most important question, Alexander, are you going to stash away this film? No, no. No, not no. No, of course like, not. Like of honestly, course like not. if you have a six-year-old who really likes fairies, then like watch this film. But if not, don't watch it. Uh, you know, it, clearly no one did. That's harsh, but it's not. It's not a great movie. No, it's 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 really not. So, Alexander, when we don't put uh, something in the stash away, that, of course, means we must present something else to galvanise humanity this week. If you're unsure what that means, go back and listen to other episodes where we've talked about the idea that this... The idea, the reality, uh, that we are in a post-apocalyptic world that has been um, uh, sort of end-gamed by... Uh, a bunch of aliens uh, and therefore we are trying to present a bunch of films to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens so alexander if this film is not going to galvanize humanity this week what are you going to present so last week jamie i put in the last of us of course uh, i have since uh, finished the last of us a week um clearly i've been alone this entire week because i spent a lot of that i also played the dlc left behind which is better than the last of us by a decent chunk um Whoa. left behind's great left behind's uh. really good I, I will agree Left Behind is very good, but I'm not getting into that argument. Uh, right but, but specifically, like, Left Behind is that how people might die, but you kind of have to go, like, I don't know, you got to kind of fight to stay alive kind of thing. Like, you might accept, like, you, sometimes you have to accept death, but, like, it won't come for you, and you got to keep fighting. And that's what happened. If you're listening to this podcast, you're still alive, and you will fight. It's not a zombie apocalypse, okay? We don't have to kill each other, but we probably will is also what I learned from The Last of Us. So all I'm saying is get a baseball bat, just duct tape some scissors to it, and get ready, all right? You want to get one of those shotguns or a flamethrower? The point at which in that game you got a flamethrower, that was too far for me. All right, no flamethrower is needed in this game. Maybe Knack. Should I put Knack in? I haven't played Knack, but like Knack 2. <laughs> right, Knack 2, screw that. Left line's not going in. Knack 2, you're going in. <laughs> no justification no, for that. Just two. saying Knack 2. I will wait for you oh, to Jamie, generously is ask me. Yeah. Is this going on your half the No, no, of course it isn't. Um, uh, Al, I'm going to put my bed. Uh, <laughs> my bed is going to be presented this week uh, as the thing that's going to galvanize humanity. And I'd love to, to think that I'm making some sort of uh, lovely, lewd sexual joke. But no, uh, I have been on holiday for four days. I was on a train for six days. Uh, six for days? six hours today. <laughs> not six days. Trains have got really slow in the apocalypse. <laughs> um, I had too much chicken. I'm fucking exhausted. I'm moving tomorrow. Jeez. And so my bed is my safe haven right now. And I hope the comfort and, and joy that it will bring me can emanate 
to all of you because no i'm not inviting you to share my bed just to think about me enjoying my bed uh, and getting the rest and recuperation it's fine my girlfriend's not here at the moment it is just me sleeping (laughs) that is the point think about me sleeping and how much joy it is going to bring me in my non-covid filled lungs okay so jamie obviously that's us uh next week we'll be talking about uh colossal colossal uh from 2016 uh so join us for that i have no clue what it's about but alexander before then what can our dear listeners do guys you can give us a little rating on itunes or i don't know if you can rate on spotify but make sure to subscribe to us wherever you are and download some episodes you can go back of course and listen to some of our finest content including last week's episode where uh we talked about I forgot what exactly. The intern. Alex. The intern. The oh, intern, the intern, which was a good episode. All right, I, I, go go back and listen to the intern. <laughs> Don't um, sound so surprised. You can, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, you know, just go out and like sp- spread the word. Okay, you don't have to take the last of us route. You don't have to kill people. You can go out and you can be kind and you can talk to the uh, raccoons who we're fighting against. I forgot there are no zombies. There are raccoons who are mortal enemies in this universe. Uh, and you can preach the gospel of uh, blank spank. Cool. Uh, I'm too tired Alexander so I don't have a joke Uh, I'm just very glad I don't have Covid Uh, so from me Jamie and my co-host Al that's one more app in the bank fun fact uh, Jamie uh, spent his three uh, sorry six days on a train but specifically it's the Snowpiercer train that is the only train left in this world it just goes around in one big circle and you hop on hop off alright Snowpiercer train is where Jamie lives from now on Blank Spank Blank Spank